Hello, hello, hello. My name is Robert. I am the recovery guy, and you have entered into the fix. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Robert. I am the Recovery Guy, and welcome to uh, Tuesday's podcast. Uh, as so many of you know, we've um, been on this journey through the steps, and uh, today is like that as well. About halfway through the podcast, I'll give you some more information on Recovery Guy and how best we can uh, serve each other in this um, recovery movement, this mission that we are on to uh, get well one day at a time for the rest of our life. For those of you who aren't very familiar with me, my name is Robert Pardon, and I've been in recovery decades. And it is my mission to try to give back what I have been so freely given. And I know with what I've been given over 34 plus years, I could never fully repay. Uh, but it is my journey to give to others as the spiritual principle indicates, instead of waiting to receive, it is better to give. And within that giving, you receive. And that's been my experience. And I hope it has been yours as well. So let's get started. Today we are on step eight. And boy, this is a such a integral step to our recovery process. Matter of fact, uh, depending upon what material you read or where you subscribe or what you, what you hold to, step nine in the program of recovery, according to Alcoholics Anonymous, is really the last of the recovery steps. Steps one through nine get us recovered. And then steps 10, 11, and 12 are the maintenance steps that continue our recovery moving forward. Now, I didn't bring that up to cause a debate. That's just been my experience, what I've read in the big book in the 12 and 12, and then also what has been taught to me. If you're taught something different, hey, I'm all for it. The most important thing is that together we stay clean and sober and away from all other negative behaviors one day at a time for the rest of our life. Step eight, I've grown to embrace over the years not because of doing the step as much as what the step provided as an entrance into seeking forgiveness, because it can be and appear to be a daunting step. Some of the steps that um, we've discussed in the past, you know, you can almost group them together. One is independent. Steps two and three go together. Steps four and five go together. Steps six and seven, I can make an argument for them going together. Steps eight and nine go together. And then steps 10, 11, and 12 are done sequentially every day in order to maintain our level and increase our level of sobriety. So as we look at step eight, um, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. So today's podcast on step eight is subtitled 
repairing the damage. Repairing the damage. And we're, we're doing that little by little as we go through the steps, right? Step one, we begin repairing the damage because we first admitted that there's damage there that needs to be repaired, that we are powerless and our life has become unmanageable. Obviously, there's so much damage that's done there that we identify. Then we start that process in step two with came to believe, and then step three, turning our will and our life over to the care of God, and a total introspective look in step four, admitting in five, and then six and seven, uh, as they are as well. So one of the things that is very important to matter, to, to understand, uh, is that this step, it really can be so challenging for many of us. Some with good cause, some I create in my mind because it's really asking me to dig into that wound again and maybe even rip off some of the band-aid that I thought was healing. But unless we get to the bottom of this, you know, unless we really get down and clean out that wound, we stand a chance of being infected again. That's why in, in how it works, it says, we beg of you to be fearless and thorough from the very start. If that statement was true for any one of the steps, it is most certainly true at this, to be fearless and thorough from the very start. Um, in step four, it's actually built into the step of fearless and thorough, thorough inventory. Um, but in step eight, the implication is so real like it is in step four. And just like step one and step four, step eight calls us to be objectively introspective, which is an interesting term. I need to be objective. I can't approach this thing subjectively because left to my own devices, I'm going to deny the impact and the pain uh, and damage that I caused others because who wants to look at that, right? If we look at the 12 and 12, oh, as a reminder, so much of my stuff on the steps I get from the 12 and 12, if you need one, shout out to me and let me know. So when we look at this step and objectively introspective, I need to look deep down in me as if I were someone else being totally objective, not worrying about the pain, just looking at it for what it is and recounting things that I did to individuals that I had harmed in a way that is almost separates my emotion from that. And that's why it cannot be subjectively introspective because I will shy away from the pain. Because again, who likes to admit complete defeat? Practically no one. And in this particular step, just like in step one, I am admitting complete defeat in terms of how I interacted with essentially all of my relationships. Usually the extent of my damage with another or to another is based upon how close we were in our relationship. But I don't know, I don't think I had any healthy relationships out there because everything was based upon my degree of selfishness and self-centeredness. So there may have been one or two out there that weren't as brain damaged as the next but I don't remember what they are. And if I did, I would just be using it to justify 
that I wasn't really that bad. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I'm not really that bad. Boy, look at so-and-so or see what they're doing over there. Now, they have a real problem. No, I need to be objective and I need to not be afraid to look at me because, again, I know that when this step is done right, I can more easily approach step nine where I begin to put that amends list into practice. We must see things that we did in a light that is not clouded by pride or fear. We must. You know, pride tells me there isn't a problem. Fear tells me I can't look at it. So obviously pride has its own set of challenges. Um, the Bible says that pride goes before destruction, right? A haughty spirit tells me, oh, you're okay, but if that continues, then pride sets in and I will be destroyed. Pride has destroyed me, and I'm lucky to be here today. Fear, I, I love how the forget everything and run, I, I've seen those before. One of the ones I really like regarding fear is false evidence appearing real. And it's not to say that I didn't do those things to those individuals but I'm not that person anymore. So I don't have to be afraid of it because in the past, when I would make this list and tell people I was sorry, it was only to buy time. It was only to get me out of the mess that I'd gotten myself in. So I never really met it, meant it permanently. It was just situationally, just to pull myself over the fire, you know, lessen the conflict at home, uh, keep the boss from firing me, uh, that sort of thing. But now I can look at it and say, okay, any fear that I have, I'm not that person anymore. I'm not doing those things. It just appears that way because it invokes past hurts and wounds. And I feel badly for what I realize that I've done to those people. Once again, we're ripping that bandaid off, but we must in order to get well. So the second most important thing is the word willing made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Willing is such an integral word. Uh, we, we talk about the how. I did a podcast on this a number of months ago, maybe a year or so ago. The how, honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness. And it, and it says in the 12 and 12 that willingness is the key to unlock the door. And once that key is inserted, the door opens even of itself. And I want to have that door open. So I must become willing to do this. And, and it doesn't mean that I like it, right? I don't have to like this in the beginning. I'm not going to start liking it until I see the response of people that I'm apprehensive to go before. And again, sometimes some people are going to be a challenge because a lot of times some of the hurts and things like that where we're going to make amends for, some of these individuals don't even know that we did this, right? Too many, our road was pretty obvious, probably to most people. Uh, when I came to them to make an amends, they pretty much knew what I was there for. Um, it's, it's why we became estranged in the first place, that they were no longer going to tolerate this behavior from me, right? But everything is about willingness 
It's baked into the cake of step eight. So don't be discouraged by the personal inventory that this step requires. Please don't because when we looked at the personal inventory that was necessary for me to take to get to a point of surrender in step one, then I get some relief in step two. And you will get relief in this step because once you we start practicing this step in step nine, we'll begin to feel some freedom and some closure and some reuniting of people that because we did not admit or seek their forgiveness, there wasn't forgiveness offered. Now, many people, many people in our life are just going to forgive us carte blanche because they've seen us along the way. You know, by, by the time we get to this step, you know, we've been clean and sober probably three, four, six months for some of us a year, right? And so they've seen that we are changing. They've seen how we are acting differently. This is really an official approach to really let them know that we are looking to make a difference and what we did and how we did it really affected us and we feel badly and we want to make a promise to not be this person anymore because so much of, of making amends is promising I'm not this guy, right? Because in the past, we would say, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And in the next day, the next week, the next month, we'd be back at it again. There was no substance to our sorry. It was once again, just a way to pull us out of the fire to buy us more time so we can get back to that degree of selfishness and self-centeredness to feed our addiction and or our behavior uh, either part of the addiction or a separate um, uh, a, a separate um, way of destroying our life. Um, so again, don't be discouraged by the personal inventory that this step requires, but rather uh, what this step does have the potential to do. And it is a cleansing. And if anyone needs to be cleansed, it's you and me right? We live a life that is so polluted. We live a life that is so, um, that is so dirty and unproductive, and we don't even want to look at our life anymore. But this is a very cleansing opportunity for us to clear the air with others, uh, just like we did in step uh, five, right? So in step four, we made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. In step five, we admitted to God and to ourselves and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Very cleansing when we speak it out, right? We're only as sick as our secrets. And so when we begin revealing those secrets and we begin sharing them, it takes away so much of its power because we realize uh, number one, our degree of sincerity and commitment to not do these things again, um, but it also allows other people to express their love and care for us in the degree of reciprocation, right? Reciprocation is something that really comes from this step that I think you're really going to appreciate. Anticipate it going in. Anticipate how the majority of people are going to feel. Some people may be angry and say, you know what? You've had your chances with me. We're done. 
And we have to be willing to accept those. Some people aren't going to receive our request for forgiveness and our amends. And you know what? And that's about them. You know, I can't force someone to accept my amends. I can only offer it. And they can own whatever they want to own. If they don't have forgiveness or they're not ready, the wound is too deep, they've taken it too personally, what, whatever the situation may be that that may be rejected, I need to allow them to own it. I can't look at that and make that a barrier. I can't say I can't put them down. I can't discuss that because they're never going to forgive me anyway. Right? That's not the purpose of this step. This purpose is to make a list, to really go through, and it's about taking our own inventory, right? We take our inventory in one, we take our inventory in four, we take our inventory even to a degree in six and seven, certainly in step eight and daily in step 10. So there's a number of inventory steps in the program of recovery, the 12 steps of recovery, and this is just another inventory step. Hopefully by this time, you're not only used to taking that inventory, but a very specific inventory. In step one, we're taking an overall inventory of our entire life, right? Step four is a deeper, more specific version of that. But step eight is very targeted into the individuals that we had harmed along the way. And then, of course, that degree of willingness. Step eight, in all of its profoundness, is an avenue to forgiveness, and part of every plan of recovery, forgiveness plays a vital role. I need to know that I am making every effort I can to get well from the inside out. And, and so much of the harm that we have done toward others, some of, sometimes it's, it's monetary. Sometimes it's a, it's a physical act, but most of the time we've harmed individuals down to the core of who they are or affected us at the core of who we are. Something very intangible, something that that money can't buy, right? Money could never buy the relationship that I had with my daughters because they didn't care about money. They just wanted to know that dad was there, right? That their father was there. And so as a result of abandoning them, um, you know, I had to uh, understand that I needed to become willing to to make amends to them, not for anything that I could tangibly replace, but emotionally help them understand that dad, he did a very bad thing, but he was a very sick person and he's not that person anymore. One of the things I think about step eight that is very important is to remember that Step eight is a lifelong process. And that is why step 10, and we'll cover that in more detail in just a couple of weeks. Step 10 is so critical. And that's all I'll say right now. Just don't worry about including everyone. We're never going to get everyone in there. Just like in step, in step one, how, how powerless do I really know that I am and how unmanageable has my life become? You know, when I'm just getting clean and sober, I have to do it right away. So I will do the rest of the steps, but I really don't understand the depth of my powerlessness and my unmanageability 
until later on, right? Or step four, you know, make a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. So much of that inventory uh, that I uncover, more is later because the more I have clarity of mind, being away from the alcohol and the drugs and the other negative and destructive behavior, and I'm getting away from all the negative self-talk, you know, I, I realize more things in my inventory about who I was and where I went and what I did become much more uh, relevant or prevalent to me, as it were. And step eight is the same way. So don't worry about, oh, I need to wait. Let me think more. No, we're never going to cover them all anyway in step eight. And a lot of times we may use this as a reason to not do step nine. Just like step number four, we need to get from four to five right away. It is, I really believe, and there's indication in the program of recovery in the 12 and 12, that uh, step four and five uh, really need to be doing, um, you know, almost piggyback to each other, um, which reminds me, you know, if you're looking for a sober and life coach and all of these matters, relationship, recovery, employment, let me know. I've been down this road before and I know how to help you. So if it's something that you're looking for along the way, message me through recovery underscore guy at Instagram, uh, Robert at recoveryguy.org. Reach out to me through the recovery guy on Facebook. Message me from uh, recoveryguy.org on my website. Reach out to me. Let me know what your need is so, so I can assist you. Also, remember to like, to share, to comment, to subscribe with these podcasts and blogs uh, along your way. Uh, and if you want to donate, you can donate through uh, Podbean, uh, excuse me, uh, through uh, uh, patreon.com forward slash recovery guy or at Venmo uh, at Robert hyphen pardon hyphen three. And that will help us out so much. Um, getting back to step eight, uh, we really need the guidance of our sponsor at this time. Who are you working with? Who's your confidant? Who is um, helping you along the way? Who's holding your hand and hugging you and holding you accountable? Because we may want to stop. There may be some certain things we don't want to look at. But just like a sex inventory, we need to be able to uncover everything. And and so often, uh, we need to start, and that is the most important thing. It Once we start this step, right, we look at it as, as as a as a, a finished product and that can be overwhelming but every building is built one floor at a time it is built from digging the foundation to laying the footings to laying the subfloor to putting in the joists and everything that they do and hanging the steel to give it the reinforcement and then they build one floor at a time they don't have a finished product in in day one it's very timely it's very procedural and so is this step so don't be overwhelmed uh, by where you're going to be. Just start and allow the process to to take itself and have conversations, not only who we harmed, but in what way did we harm them and what effect could that have had on our relationship with them uh, or with ourself or a combination of the two? How did it affect our relationship and our walk with with God as we understand God now. And why is it so important? Continually remind ourselves, 
Why is it so important that I complete this step to the best of my ability so I can get on to the next step and begin truly making the amends that I need to make? Can we repair the damage? Of course we can. You know, there's no damage. Well, let me say hardly in the journey of our life, hardly any damage that we do cannot be repaired or restored, right? Now, some things you're not going to be able to go back to. You know, by the time I got clean and sober, um, I had left Sue for for a number of years. I'd even gotten remarried uh, prior to that. She had met an incredible guy named Dave. And by the time I got clean and sober, she was already living her life. So making an amends and going back and getting that marriage restored, that you know, that was no longer in the cards. So certain things aren't going to come back to you just because we make amends, but it doesn't mean that an amends isn't necessary even still. Whether Sue was going to be my wife again or not was not the reason for my amends. The reason for my amends was to cleanse me and to help her understand that I truly was sorry, that it wasn't because of her that I did these things, but it was because of my addiction, my alcoholism, my selfishness and self-centeredness. Those were the things that caused me. And, and just to let the cat out of the bag, when I did go to make the amends to Sue and, and others on that level, my mom and my dad, they were more than willing to receive because at the end of the day, they loved me and they only wanted what was best for me to the degree that the greatest relationship restoration in my life was that relationship that was restored to my dad and me. And my dad and I were friends for two and a half years from when he got sober at uh, uh, nine years before his death. And then I got clean and sober two and a half years before he passed away. And within that window of my sobriety, we found a friendship and he forgave me and what an incredible amends that was to make. So we're going to have some incredible amends opportunity on our journey. I don't want you to miss it because if you miss this step and if you miss step nine and the opportunity to really be cleansed, the question is, can you ever really be whole, right? If I don't apply the entire plan of recovery and treat this journey like a buffet, can I skip rungs six, seven, and eight and still expect to climb the ladder? Probably not. If I do so, it'll be very precarious for me to climb because because skipping those steps is not OSHA recommended, right? It's not how the ladder was designed. It was designed to take one step at a time. And that's what step eight is. We are almost at the finish line for by this time you will have recovered, as it says. And we need to rip that band-aid off, get a full healing, help understand how important willingness is, and saying I'm sorry to those that we love. Hey, I hope this has helped. Thank you so much for being a part of this podcast and this recovery mission. Once again, go to recoveryguy.org for all of your blogs and your podcasts. Go to your favorite podcast channel, uh, the Recovery Guy podcast. It, it look on our website. If, if your favorite podcast channel is not listed, 
let me know so I can get that information to John and then John can add that into our listening library. Please make sure that you subscribe, you share, wherever possible, you donate once again. You can find patreon.com through my website. There's a drop down that Pablo had supplied on there for me. Most importantly, let's, let's tackle this recovery one day at a time for the rest of our life. As I love to say, we got sick apart, but we get well together. And as always, my name is Robert and I am the recovery guy.